Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. When they were assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they decided, I love this part, to give the soldiers a bribe. Now these soldiers, professional Roman soldiers, you could say these were like SEAL Team 6. These guys were professionals in every aspect of the word. When this happened, they did not run back to their commander or back to their garrison. They were assigned to the chief priest for this specific period of time. They went and told them. That's who they're supposed to report to. The chief priest said, look, here's what we want you to say. They know this is a lie. They said, you tell, if anybody asks, you say, that his disciples came by night and stole the body away while we slept. A Roman soldier could be executed for sleeping on duty. That is something they do not do. When I was in the military, that was emphasized over and over. If you you fall asleep on guard duty, on your watch, If you're in battle and you're in a foxhole and your time is 12 midnight to 3 a.m., you need to be awake and watching. In war, a soldier, a U.S. soldier in war, if they fall asleep on guard duty, they could be not just sent to prison. It is an execution offense. That's not to say they would do that in this modern day, but it has been done in the past. More so with these Roman soldiers. They would never put themselves into a situation where they were sleeping on duty. But yet this is the lie that was spun. And I could tell here that they were probably saying, you ain't getting me to admit to sleeping on duty. That is not going to happen. So they bribed them with money in verse 15. And they, they promised them in verse 14, if this comes to the governor's ears, oh, it will come to the governor's ears. What do you think the governor is going to do when he hears Jesus, whom he knows? I mean, you can go back and look at the questions that Pilate had asked him. You know, 
in verse 27. Well, let's go before go down to verse 11. Chapter 27, verse 11. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, That's what you call me. Or you could say that. When he was accused of the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. And Pilate said to him, Don't you hear what things are saying about you? And he wouldn't even answer a word. Other scriptures, he says, Don't you realize I have the power to condemn you and crucify you, or I could let you go? Why won't you answer my questions? Jesus said, You have no power over me at all unless it's given to you. Pilate was, he knew Jesus had done nothing wrong, deserving arrest, deserving a beating let alone deserving to die. Pilate tried several times to let Jesus go. The Jewish leaders said no. Pilate said, well, I'll take him and I'll beat him, and then they'll feel sorry for him, they'll feel compassion on him, and then they'll let him go. And they still refused to let Jesus go, saying, crucify him now. And here, in chapter 27, Verse uh, 19, when he sat down on the judgment seat, Pilate's wife sent a message saying, I have nothing to do with this just man. I've suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. So she had to have dreamed that the night before, before she even knew Jesus was going to be brought in. The Holy Spirit planted that dream in her heart, and it troubled her so much. Now she sees this same guy who she's seen in her dream being beaten, and they want to crucify him, she sent her husband word saying, look, don't do this. Pilate sat down, verse 19. I'm sorry, verse 20. The chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude, the crowd, that now they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And the governor said, which of the two do you want should I should release to you? Barabbas? Or Jesus? And the crowd said, Barabbas! They said, well, what should I do then with Jesus, who's called the Messiah? They said, crucify him! And the governor said, why? Why crucify him? What evil has he done? They cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. Now, in other scriptures in the gospel, at this point, the chief priests cry out, you are not a friend of Caesar if you don't crucify someone who says he's a king in violation of Roman commands. In the mafia, if you are a select person, upstanding mafia member of the family, you can become what they call a maid man. At that point in time, nobody can lay a hand on you. Nobody can kill you unless the Godfather says it's okay. This is the same thing in Roman society. All leaders want to attain the status of being called a friend of Caesar. What that means is they have Caesar's ear. 
All they got to do is ask for what they want, and it's given to them because they are a friend of Caesar. Pilate accepted the governorship of Judea and Palestine after it had been refused by several others. Pilate seeing this as his chance. I'll go down there and I'll rule and I'll do what Caesar wants and I will become his friend. I will be called a friend of Caesar in doing so. And I'll be made for life. But when he got down there, he just fell into one crisis after another where the Jews would complain and file a petition and send an uh, emissary to Caesar's court and Caesar would rebuke Pilate. This happened twice now. I won't go into all the details. Now, here he's facing this mob that wants to kill Jesus. He knows there's absolutely no basis to condemn Jesus to death. He knows it's just for envy that the Jewish leaders, because people are following Jesus, they're losing their their foothold on society. He knows it's for envy that they're trying to do that. So, at this point, he says, yeah, look, there's no reason to condemn him. I'm going to let him go. And the Jewish elders say, we're going to file a petition to Caesar saying that you let someone who claimed he was a king go. You will not be a friend of Caesar if you do that. Pilate wanted that title, friend of Caesar, so bad. He said, okay, I'll do it just so they wouldn't file that petition with Caesar. Now, do you think the news that Jesus is alive is going to please Caesar? I'm sorry, Pontius Pilate? Probably not. Amen? He's going to want to know what happened. And the first people he's going to question is not the Jewish elders, not the people of the city. He's going to call in the guard commander. And then when the guard commander is going to be like, what I was told is this, 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 and this. But my soldiers are saying that they fell asleep and the disciples came and stole the body. That's going to infuriate Pontius Pilate, who will then call in the guards and say, did you fall asleep on duty? And they know that they will not leave alive after that. And here we see that uh, in Matthew 28, that the elders gave the soldiers a large sum of money in verse 13, This is what you'll say. His disciples came by night, stole him away while he slept. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you or keep you safe. In other words, we'll go in and tell Pontius Pilate, we told you to say that. Why Why would Pontius Pilate accept the lie? Because to recognize Jesus, that the power of the Jewish God raised Jesus from the dead, someone who did no wrong, was condemned unrighteously, had fulfilled all scriptures, prophecies concerning the coming Messiah, the coming King of the Jews. Because he 
was threatening as the king of the Jews to Roman authority. Pontius Pilate had him killed. And now this king is alive, raised by the power of God. He can't be killed. Do you think this is going to upset Pilate? Just a little bit. But the Jewish leaders say, if it comes to the governor's ears, we'll go in and intercede for you. It'll be all right. All right. After the guards gave their testimony, Mary Magdalene was next, out of whom was cast seven devils. Some say she was a prostitute. The drag of Jewish society, you could say. She was the next one that was a witness of the power of the resurrection. Then the women came and witnessed the power of the resurrection. And all of them went back to tell the disciples. That was the command from the angels. In Jewish society, the testimony of women was worthless. It meant nothing. That's why Peter and John ran to the grave themselves. we got to see what's going on here. And they seen the empty grave but not Jesus. says Peter left wondering, but John believed. He believed. He believed Jesus rose from the dead. That's why he's the first, the beloved of Jesus. On the road to Emmaus, the other two disciples at their house recognized who Jesus was and immediately Jesus vanished from their sight. He had expounded upon them all of the scriptures concerning him. It'd be like, did I say this? Did I say that? Did I say that? Did I say that? Did I do that? Did I do that? Did I do that? Did this happen to me? Did I die? Was I buried? Three days later, hello, here I am. Now go back and tell the disciples. And they ran back. And even then, they refused to believe. The scriptures say, the 11 disciples with the other follower, the 11 apostles with all the other disciples present. Then they're still talking about it. Well, can that be? How did how did it happen? What the heck, you know? And Jesus appeared in the midst of them all, and this scared them even more. Oh, there's a ghost in here now. And Jesus like, I'm not a ghost. Ghosts don't have flesh and bone as you see me have. Here, let me show you. You got something to eat? And he ate in front of them. And then vanished. Poof, gone. It wasn't until they obeyed what Jesus told them to do, to go to Galilee, wait for him there. And they waited, and they prayed, and they waited, and they prayed. Fifty days go by, 47 actually from that point. They started with a group of about 600. Now they're down to 120. Now they're down to just a handful in the upper room when the sound of a mighty rushing wind fills the air. There is no truck traffic, no highway traffic, no factories. It is silenced. Just, you know, the dogs barking and things like that. It's like being out in the country. You know, you hear the birds and you hear the dogs and the cows, but basically silence and the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It's the only way they could describe it. 
What was that? Well, we know it was the Holy Spirit come back in the air. But I think more than that, it was angels flooding the atmosphere from heaven. These disciples, these the followers in the upper room, heard the flapping of angels' wings as had never been heard before. And the Holy Spirit came into that room. And it's not like a little Bic lighter with a little tiny itty bitty flame sitting on top of each other's heads. No, they were glorified. They had the glow of the Holy Spirit. And it looked like it sat upon them. What it was really doing was being absorbed. The Holy Spirit was absorbing their bodies. They became born again at that moment in time. They became born again because these are the ones who believed and did what Jesus told them to do. If they did what Jesus told them to do, that was an act of faith on their part that they believed what Jesus said. He'd shown himself to them. He'd shown himself to them on many occasions. They watched him ascend to heaven in Acts chapter 1. And they're like, don't go, don't go. And Jesus is blessing them as he goes. Turn over there, Acts chapter 1. Let's read that. Glory to God. Acts chapter 1. Verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion or by his, after his crucifixion, by many infallible proofs. I mean, he gave proof that he was alive. He was seen to them for 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me, or what I've told you. Wait here for the promise of the Father that I told you about. For John truly did baptize with water. But just as John prophesied, you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this is 40 days, right? That's what it says. He stayed with them for 40 days. Now, he said, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He rose the third day. He stayed with them for 40 days. Now it's 43 days. You're one week away from Pentecost. Amen? You're one week away from a Jewish celebration. Amen. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you will receive power. You will receive heavenly power. You will receive supernatural power. The power of the Holy Spirit of God coming upon you. And then you shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. 
And when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Jesus blessed them and gave them a charge to be witnesses in their hometown, Jerusalem, in their home country, Judea, to Samaria, the surrounding areas, and to the uttermost parts of the, as far as you can get into the earth, you will be witnesses for me. And then just a few days later, glory to God, chapter 2, verse 1, on the day of Pentecost is fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting and appeared to them cloven tongues like fire and it sat upon each of them. And at that point they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in, the old man dies and instantly a new creation is born. You are now no longer your own self. Your own self has died when you ask Jesus to be your Savior. And ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He comes to make his abode in your heart. Instantly you die. Just like the, the Roman soldiers could not stand in the presence of God. The power of God as Jesus walked out of that grave. The old sinful you cannot stand in the presence of God. When he infills your body with his Holy Spirit power. Just like Moses told God, I want to see your, all your glory. Show me your glory. And God said, hide yourself in the cleft of the rock. I'll cover you with my hand. And you'll see my back part, but you won't see my face. For whoever sees my face will die. The glory of God kills everything that has sin in it. Amen. There is so much power in that. But God said, I'll hide you in the cleft of rock covering your face. And as I walk past, once the glory is past, you'll see the backside. In other words, you'll just see the remnant of the glory. That remnant was enough to make Moses' face shine. Glory to God. That is the same glory that knocked these soldiers to the ground. That's the same glory they testified to. There was such power and presence there, they could not even stand. And yet the Jewish believers did not accept it. They did not believe it. Despite all of the scriptures being fulfilled, they knew Jesus was, is the Messiah. And now he is risen from the dead just like the scriptures said it would. And they still refused to believe it or accept it because it would mean they had to subject themselves to him. And they wanted the accolades of the public. They, out of pride, rejected all that Jesus had to offer. They rejected Jesus out of pride and envy. And that's what people do today as well. People today cannot accept the idea that Jesus rose from the dead. Oh, they may give lip service to it every now and then. You know, I get prayer requests all the time. People that I know are running from God just as far and as fast as they can. And when life's troubles come upon them, they'll send me a little message. 
Please pray for me that I can get this job. Please pray for me that uh, X, Y, and Z. Please pray for me. I'm nice about it. I say, okay, I'll pray with you or for you. What I pray is God would reveal Jesus to them. Sending laborers across their path to witness them. Someone they will listen to and respect. It just amazes me how soon God will answer a prayer and how soon they go back to their old way of thinking, talking, acting, thinking it is they themselves who are is doing all these things. Folks, Jesus is alive. Scriptures prove it. Jesus is rose to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, just like we prayed in the beginning of the broadcast. He is coming back very soon. And if you are willing to be honest with yourself, and you go through and look at the book of Zechariah, the book of Hosea, the book of Micah, the book of Revelation, You see events taking place in our society today that says the return of Jesus is near. But before that return takes place, there is coming a period of time called the tribulation that we have already entered into, in my opinion. Not the great tribulation, which is the last three and a half years. I believe we are at the birth pangs. We are at the point where labor is imminent. Not just, you know, if a woman is pregnant and having a baby and the birth pains have started. Sometimes they go to the hospital and the hospital sends them home. No, not yet. Go on home. We've already experienced those birth pains the past 30 or 40 years. But now that... The birth pains are getting closer and closer together. Labor is intensive. They go back to the hospital. This time they're being admitted. I believe we are at that point that we are so close now to the birth. It's just a matter of hours. Amen. The water hasn't broke yet. When the water breaks, we enter to the great tribulation you don't want to do that you want to be taken out of here according to the scriptures prior to all these bad things beginning to happen and folks if you're honest with yourself you are there right now it is so close it's eminent Romans chapter 10 tells you what you have to do amen Romans 10 verse 9 says If you will believe, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the mouth, confession is, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Pray this prayer with me right now and you will miss out on all the bad stuff about to happen. Lord Jesus, thank you. For your word. I believe you are raised from the dead. I believe you died in my place as my sacrifice. And God honored it and rose you from the dead just like we studied today. I believe it. 
Now, Lord, I ask you into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Create in me this new man, one righteous in the eyes of the Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now open the scriptures to me. Lead, guide, and direct my life. May I have ears to hear and a heart to receive the promptings of your Holy Spirit that as I live and walk in this earth now, I can live and walk for you. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you pray that prayer with me, email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org. Glory to God. Because we want to rejoice with you. Amen. That's all the time we have for today. Oh, man, I enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Till next time, it's Pastor Robert Till reminding you God loves you, we love you, and be blessed in all that you do. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.